from Indianapolis with an eye on every corner of Indiana. This is IBJ Media's Inside Indiana Business with Gary Dick. Presented by Ice Miller and Indiana University. The Summit City moving to the beat of a billion-dollar growth groove. What's driving investment in Fort Wayne? We break it all down from the heart of Allen County. Plus, a Carmel company's mission to wipe out little bugs that attack the skin. It's the worst itch one can possibly experience. More on Parapro's pioneering platform, a new high-tech tool to connect with healthcare providers. Quaker down, Quaker and the story behind an old endangered Quaker church, a trailblazing African-American architect, and how it changed race relations in Marion. Hello and welcome to Inside Indiana Business. I'm Gary Dick, coming to you this week from Fort Wayne, the heart of Allen County, a manufacturing hub that continues to defy the odds, reinventing itself with major investment downtown and along its rivers. Many point to Parkview Field, the home of the Fort Wayne Tin Caps, as the spark that started it all in 2009, breathing new life into a downtown that had been in decline for years. More than $1 billion in investment over the past decade has made downtown Fort Wayne a place where people want to live, work, and play. Star Bank is building a new corporate headquarters downtown. There are multiple restaurants, including a Ruth's Chris, investing in the city. Barbara Backgard, co-founder of Fort Wayne Bay, person luggage brand Vera Bradley has opened a swanky boutique hotel, the Bradley. New apartments and condos mean people are living downtown as well. And after years of ignoring the natural resource of its three rivers, massive redevelopment is underway along the water, including the riverfront at Promenade Park, an $88 million development that will include housing, office, and retail space. But perhaps no project is more emblematic of the transformational change here than Electric Works, the first phase of the redevelopment of the former GE campus, $286 million, really changing life and the way of life in downtown Fort Wayne. The roots of this site date back more than a century. The first manufacturing building opened here in 1883. General Electric made this a manufacturing center, an innovation hub, producing commercial and household equipment, everything from alternators to dynamos, motors and switches. GE initiated patents at this plant for the first ice-making machine in the U.S. The garbage disposal was invented here, too. But the country's manufacturing decline ultimately led to the shutdown of this iconic facility. 39 acres of decaying, rusted-out reminders of a once vibrant economy. The vibrancy is returning as construction crews are winding up phase one of Electric Works, a $286 million project that includes 10 buildings, retail, entertainment, office, co-working and education space. Fort Wayne Do It Best is putting its corporate headquarters here as well. And joining me now with more on Electric Works in broader development uh, and really uh, a remaking of downtown Fort Wayne. Jeff Kingsbury is a partner with Ancora Partners. And uh, Jeff, thanks for joining me uh, up on the rooftop Welcome. here at what will be the Do It Best headquarters, uh, corporate headquarters. But this is a project that has been several years in the making, uh, a very ambitious project. We've had to deal with the pandemic and all kinds of challenges, but it's actually it's actually happening. It's happening. Yeah. Thanks to a lot of partners, the state of Indiana, city of Fort Wayne, Allen County, mm -hmm. and just a tremendous amount of support from the community around here is really what enabled 
enabled us to, to get this across the goal line. What do you think it says about Fort Wayne in this area that this project is happening? Again, with the challenges, just putting a project of this magnitude together, but then you factor in the pandemic and the fact that it's actually uh, going forward. Uh, this community is resilient, and, and this is really a, a symbol of that resiliency. Um, we were able to perceive, or, uh, really persevere amidst uh, some major challenges, but um, we're about 70% pre-leased. Today, um, we're going to be opening to the public here uh, in a matter of weeks. And um, this is really gonna be a center of innovation and economic uh, development for the next century for this community and region. Let's talk about phase one, uh, well underway. Uh, you say 70% leased, uh, do it best, 400 plus people will ultimately be here. But there's also, so retail, entertainment, restaurants, some other pieces to this. Yeah, and that's really the key, I think, to, to creating a place where talent wants to be. Mm -hmm. um, and that's a common denom denominator among really all of the folks that, that are wanting to have a presence here is talent. And so uh, live, workshop, play, learn, and innovate is really what the district is all about. Yeah, you talk about innovation, you talk about learning. Ultimately, there will be learning opportunities from the very earliest ages yeah. right through college, right? Absolutely. We want to create the continuum of education and training opportunities really from, from pre-K up to and, and through degrees as well as incumbent worker training and retraining so that we can stay current and, and, uh, uh, and aligned with the state's workforce development strategy. You talk about talent. This is a project about talent, but also about connection. So, mm -hmm. so this, the Broadway district, if you will, uh, in Fort Wayne, you're wanting to be, have this be a connector that uh, connects a lot of different assets here. Yeah. Well, the city of Fort Wayne has really made a big investment in its future, and that's one of the things that gave us confidence to spend now approaching $400 million, uh, uh, in Fort Wayne and in Indiana. And so if we can create another destination that supports what's happening at Promenade Park, what's happening at the Landing, as well as south of us um, uh, along the Broadway Corridor, that's part of, of what we can do to really be um, a, an economic engine and, for the community. And you talk about innovation and, and perhaps uh, creating these innovation hubs that may spread beyond Fort Wayne. We see 16 Tech in downtown, mm -hmm. near downtown Indianapolis is another example, and maybe some other areas around the state as well. We've well, got the Discovery Park District as well, and uh, the Renaissance District yep. and South, South Bend. So I think there's a real opportunity here if we can start to create programmatic uh, and strategic connections between these hubs of innovation, it could really help to uh, manifest this overall statewide development strategy yep. and differentiate us. Jeff Kingsbury, thanks very much. A lot going on here in downtown Fort Wayne, especially here at Electric Works. We really appreciate you taking the time. Well, Electric Works is not the only economic spark here in Fort Wayne. Amazon opened a major new fulfillment center near Fort Wayne International Airport in December. One of two new spaces in Allen County that could create as many as 2,000 jobs. Amazon planning to open a second facility about 10 miles north of the airport by the end of the year. The airport, well, also a testament to growth and development in Allen County. Fort Wayne International recently reopened a major portion of its west terminal after a $47 million expansion. Next up, a $14 million facelift for the East Terminal. Well, certainly downtown redevelopment, rethinking the future of downtowns all over Indiana in cities big and small, very important uh, issues, top of mind issues. That's certainly the case in downtown Indianapolis where downtown Indy Inc. has a new leader. Taylor Schaefer, the former deputy mayor to Mayor Joe Hogsett, has recently taken over that role. And she says she wants to really reimagine what downtown Indy is all about. 
the idea of continued development really jumping the White River uh, and moving into that Elanco campus, uh, not to mention 16 Tech, not to mention phase two of Bottleworks, not to mention the exciting uh, development happening with the IU Health Campus. In just about every direction you look out your window uh, here in downtown, you can see a crane in the air and construction occurring. And you can hear much more with Taylor Schaefer about her vision for downtown Indianapolis, also growing up in the Wabash Valley, Terre Haute. That's on the Business and Beyond podcast, and you can catch that beginning Monday at InsideIndianaBusiness.com. And as we head to break, something you may not know about GE Electric Works in Fort Wayne. In its heyday, the campus manufactured electric motors for appliances and played a vital role in World War II, developing motors for military aircraft. At its peak in the 40s, this facility employed 40% of Fort Wayne's workforce. Well, Electric Works, downtown redevelopment here, only part of the story in Fort Wayne and Allen County. The riverfront, waterways, uh, many times ignored by communities around the state, getting a lot of attention here, a lot of big projects. We'll show you that a little bit later in the show. In the meantime, we'll send it back to the studio and Mary Rachel Redmond right after this break. This is Alex Brown. Get caught up on the state's top business news every business day with Inside Indiana Business Radio On Demand. This twice-daily podcast features our statewide Inside Indiana Business Radio reports with additional bonus content that you can listen to anytime, anywhere. You can listen now on the podcast page at InsideIndianaBusiness.com or subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, when a new drug hits the market, the traditional way to get the word out involves pharmaceutical reps visiting clinics or sales teams working the floor at medical conferences. But a Carmel company is taking a new approach. Business of Health reporter Kylie Valletta is here with more. Thank you, Mary Rachel. Parapro says it's the first pharmaceutical company to use a new AI technology to educate doctors about a new drug. The technology called Thought Leader AI makes doctors feel like they're in the same room with medical experts on a topic. For Parapro, the medical experts were filmed answering hundreds of questions about scabies, a skin condition that infects up to one million people each year in the U.S. The FDA recently approved Parapro's new drug to treat the infectious disease Parapro Chief Executive Officer Bill Culpepper III says using thought leader AI, doctors can ask the experts questions about scabies and the new drug, and the digital human avatars answer the doctor's questions as if they're having a live, in-person conversation with the medical expert. When a, a peer physician can speak to another peer physician, that's usually one of the best and, and quickest training efforts you can have. So with thought leader AI, ultimately, being able to put this tool in the cloud, it will enable any physician anywhere in the world, anytime, day or night, to have what feels like a real conversation with a clinical expert in the area of scabies. Parapro partnered with the Institute for Creative Technologies at the University of Southern California to create the tool and recently unveiled it at a medical conference. Parapro says scabies is often misdiagnosed, so it's important to connect with doctors and let them know the new drug meets FDA criteria as a complete cure for the infectious disease. 
We have an update now on Telix Pharmaceuticals, which has called Fisher's home since 2020 and is playing a part in the nuclear medicine boom in the city. The Australia-based company just announced successful phase three results for its newest product, which focuses on kidney cancer and has earned breakthrough designation. The radio pharmaceutical targets cancerous cells, causing them to light up on PET scans. Telix says the new imaging agent provides a non-invasive method to accurately diagnose clear cell renal cancer. Doctors previously had to rely on invasive methods, including biopsy or surgery. Telix earned FDA approval on its first product in late 2021, which focuses on prostate cancer. Eli Lilly and company will soon start to roll out its first connected platform, the Tempo Personalized Diabetes Management Platform in the U.S. The technology aims to help adults living with type 1 or type 2 diabetes and clinicians make informed, data-backed decisions to manage treatment with Lilly Insulins. The platform consists of the Tempo Smart Button, a compatible app, and a pre-filled insulin pin. Users of the platform can access tailored education resources and feedback on blood glucose levels and set reminders to take medication and log insulin doses. Fascinating stuff. As always, Kylie, thank you. Thank you. Well, coming up, a landmark in Marion falling apart. This Quaker church's history, the African-American who designed it, and how it brought people of all colors together. This week's Endangered Indiana Report is next. And coming up in this week's IBJ, the impact on Indianapolis if Nashville, Tennessee builds an enclosed stadium. Plus, gallery pastry opening in the Meridian Kessler neighborhood and new life for a turn-of-the-century building near Garfield Park. Grant County is inextricably linked to the Underground Railroad, due in large part to the heavy Quaker population. In this week's Endangered Indiana, I visit Marion's First Friends Church, a historic landmark in danger of demolition. He may be one of the most historically significant architects you've never heard of. There is Samuel Plato the man who is representative of a guy that really was ahead of his time really was a pioneer, not only in architecture, but in race relations. And in African-American business, he was a highly successful businessman. I would say he's the close Marion could come to Madam C.J. Walker. For nearly two decades, trailblazing African-American architect Samuel Plato lived and worked in Marion, Indiana, designing houses, schools, stores, and this church. It is a, a primary work of Samuel Plato still in existence as far as large building construction. So obviously this, this building is, is well past its prime, but there's a lot of historic significance here. And I think one of the most telltale signs is, is the plywood covering this part of the building. Blew it out and it's all over the floor and they're smashed to pieces. So you've been inside the building. Oh yeah, I've been inside. And I've seen photos because we yeah. can't go inside. Yeah. So if you could kind of explain to viewers what it actually looks like, you know, when you walk through that door. Unsafe building, um, probably uh, close to either falling in or, or being demolished. So it's, it's on the near end of its existence. Without action to halt deterioration, Marion could lose yet another significant landmark designed by one of the early 20th century's most prominent African-American architects. He was very significant for the establishment of unions and racial solidarity among the people here in Grant County. 
And just as when it was built over 100 years ago by Plato himself, First Friends Church could once again serve as a beacon to help build a foundation in Marion's downtown. Revitalization of the space can help bring life back into the community because space gives a community part of its identity. People congregate around spaces and turning this into a space again for people to communicate around would give a sense of vitality back to the area here. An amazing piece of history. Well, one of Indiana's bread and butter industries appears to be weathering the supply chain storm barely. Nearly 90% of RVs in the U.S. are cranked out by workers in northern Indiana. The numbers are down about an 8% drop in RV shipments through September compared to the pandemic-driven record high sales in 2021. A representative for the RV sector calls it a normalization for the industry. This is a double-digit drop but we were having double digit increases last year. So that's where we're, you know, it went up and now it's coming back down to where that 40 year long-term growth line is. New data suggests one fourth of leisure travelers are considering purchasing an RV next year. It's time now for our Eye on Education brought to you by PNC Bank. The longest-serving provost currently in the Big Ten is stepping down. Purdue University Provost Jay Ackridge has served more than five years as chief academic officer. Ackridge oversaw the strategic growth initiative, adding more than 7,000 undergraduates and 200 new faculty since 2017. He will take a sabbatical after December and then return to his faculty appointment as a professor of agricultural economics. Next, we rejoin Gary in Fort Wayne, where a rising tide is lifting all boats and the economy. How the city is capitalizing on its rivers to spur growth. For years, many Indiana cities have turned their backs on an obvious natural resource, their rivers. Fort Wayne is leading the way in changing that dynamic. More than $300 million is being invested in public-private partnerships to redevelop the riverfront. The most obvious, the $86 million riverfront and promenade park, which includes housing, office, and retail space, and an elite gathering space for residents and guests to the city. Let's go back to Gary in Fort Wayne with more on why the major investment is being made. And joining me now with more on what uh, is really massive development along the riverfront here in Fort Wayne is Nancy Townsend, the Community Development Director uh, here. And Nancy, this is something, riverfront development, a lot of communities have ignored for many, many years, kind of started to change that tune now. How about here in Fort Wayne? It's something that's been talked about for 10 years. It's now coming to life. Yeah, thanks, Gary. Thanks for having me. Thanks mm -hmm. for coming to Fort Wayne, mm -hmm. first of all. Yeah. Um, we have been like looking at riverfront development for well over 10 years now, um, working with the community and kind of planning, uh, planning how we can best utilize our rivers. Um, and so, you know, with a lot of community engagement, we've developed a strategy uh, and a development plan for creating public space, dynamic um, public space along the rivers. And that investment, you know, one for people to come and enjoy, but also to encourage private investment, you know, uh, to come alongside the uh, public investment. And it, the, the investment is dramatic. You look, we're on the uh, shadow of the skyline. You've got a great view of the skyline yeah. here. And you mentioned public and private 
investment both and when you put them together that's that's a pretty big number yeah we've put a great uh, foundation together uh, we have great partners and we've had over a billion dollars of investment in our downtown area just you know in the last 10 or so years and really within the pipeline gary for for the land and, and things in and around the riverfront, we, we see another billion dollars plus uh, of investment, private investment in the pipeline. What's the goal? What are you trying to achieve here? Everyone talks about quality of place and that live, right. work, at play environment attracting talent. And I, I assume these riverfront investments are really part of that. Yeah, you know, everything, it's people first. Um, I mean, we got that loud and clear, you know, and I think that's why we've been, why we've been so successful. Mm-hmm. We want to build places that people want to be. The people who are here now, mm-hmm. you know, our, our residents and, and the people working here our employers, uh, a place where they want to be. But we're also been able to attract a lot of people from around the state, but more importantly, out of the state, out of the region. You know, we're the fastest growing MSA in the Great Lakes region. Um, You know, as a state working together, I mean, we have positive uh, population growth and migration, you know, where other states in the Midwest don't. And I think we're all focusing on the right things. It's focusing on people and creating places like this where people want to be. And if people want to be there, employers are interested in being there because, you know, they'll have a, you know, a robust, uh, you know, job market or people to pull from. And so I think, I think by putting people first and creating spaces that they want to be and having favorable tax environment, we have a low crime rate. We're really lucky there. Um, And we're super engaged with people within the community. And I think that's all that uh, is just a foundational element to success. Nancy Townsend is a community development director here in Fort Wayne. Nancy, thanks for joining us. Look forward to following the progress here on the river. Thanks, Gary. Thank you for joining us uh, on this edition of Inside Indiana Business, coming to you from Fort Wayne and Allen County. Uh, We've uh, shown you a lot of change taking place here in Fort Wayne. As we leave you this week, we'll reflect back uh, on Electric Works, where we were earlier uh, in the program. What was Electric Works and what will be there as well? I'm Gary Dick. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Inside Indiana Business Television podcast. Remember, you can get the latest business news from every corner of the state at InsideIndianaBusiness.com. I'm Gary Dick. Go out and make it a successful week.